Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. I think it's a lot more fun in life when you get a chance to hang out with other people that are championing their own life and going for it. We've launched a Facebook group called Donnie Success Champions Group. Man, come hang out with us. Um, every day we are having uplifting, badass conversations that are just you know, helping people go further in their life. So if you want to, go to Facebook, come hang out, Donnie Success Champions Group. We'll be glad to see you. All right, guys, going to be a freaking killer episode. I've been looking forward to this one. Got a new buddy coming on the show. Uh, I think we met through LinkedIn, and we've had a couple, a few fun chats. So, but I'm bringing Jonathan Mitchell, and this should be a really, really good fat chat. But really good fat, that should be fun. Uh, That's good too. <laughs> I'm Donnie Bovey, and this is Donnie Success Champions. Jonathan, my friend, welcome to the show, brother. Please, please tell us your story. What up, Donnie boy? My story. Oh, goodness gracious. You want me to start from exiting the womb, or what point do you want? Well, I mean, we can go back that far, but this is not that long of a show. So, <laughs> Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm actually in preparation for this. I've listened to a couple of shows. Um, love what you're about. Love what you do. And I just want to say, first off, thank you. That's awesome. Oh, my honor, brother. Thanks for This has been a lot of fun. It's been a hell of a journey. Yeah, it's been awesome. So um, <clears throat> quick story about me. So currently, I am uh, getting my MBA at uh, the University of Utah been in sales training and in my role as far as my professional world um on the fun side i've been doing music i'm a musician i write music for a long long time that's kind of my outlet um i've had i've had uh, music on fox sports and pac 12 and a bunch of other football networks just fun and um yeah i just i, I do a lot of uh, coaching stuff a lot of training both with emotional development and then sales training that kind of material and then besides that I love racquetball. I love anything in the mud, whether it's jeeping or mud football or and long mud walks on the beach. Yeah, yeah, mud, <laughs> mud, mud ping pong. I don't care what it is. It's something to fun. <laughs> so it's great. Audrey, so this yeah. is going to be fun. So I spent last eight years as a national sales trainer as well. So this could be, uh, could nice. be a really, really fun conversation. There so, you go. So, so how does a big burly dude that's in the mud get into music? <laughs> <laughs> I'm mean, so burly. <laughs> Come that's on. I'd man. Say, I'd say I'm looking at you. I mean, I gotta get like, my beard out. I look more burly like you, days, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, so I okay. Long story short, I grew up with four sisters. Um, I'm the only boy, and so when I was when I was younger, I loved music, but I didn't want to sing because all my sisters sang, and I thought in my ten year old brain it was a girly thing to sing. So <laughs> I didn't sing, and so, but we had to do something musical besides sports. So my mom was like, "You got to pick something musical, and it can't be drums," which is what I wanted to do. So, well, what, she what, said, that, that phrase, what's the guy that hangs out with the musicians? He's called a drummer. Um, that's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell my drummer that, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I, I grew up playing trumpet because that's, I mean, I had to fix up. I didn't want to do piano, so trumpet was the non-loud thing that my mom wishes I never did. 
but did that forever studying jazz and classical while I was doing high school and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then in college, or actually I should say in high school is when I started to notice the girls kind of liked when I sang. So I was like, aha. So, uh, so I started actually being okay. And then my, on the other side of it, my dad, okay, this, we're going to get some crazy stories here. So when I was a kid, my mom is a super conservative, angelic, amazing woman, right? But we could listen to limited things for music. So I can only listen to like Neil Diamond, ABBA, um, Safety Kids, and some other, I can't remember what else, like probably. You just lost a whole lot of cool points with half my audience. I'm uh, <laughs> wait, wait, the story's not done. Oh, okay. the story's not done. So we're, not, we're talking about when I was a small kid, right? Because right, right. like, you are not seeing anything except these things. So when I got to be about 10 to 12, uh, my dad took me into his, his – we had this uh, media room with TV and record player and old eight, eight tracks, that kind of stuff. And he brought out this box of records. He said, okay, I'm going to show you what music is like. So he brought out um, ACDC and Led Zeppelin and Boston and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival and uh, all these amazing records. And he still has these records. I keep asking him, please, the only thing I want is your records, the record collection. But, but he played me all these songs and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then he's like, you know, these are guys singing, so it's okay if you sing. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so um, in, in college, I started to, um, when I was 13, my dad's oldest brother killed himself. Um, and then about a year after that, my, both my mom's parents died from, one was from cancer and the other was from heart attack. And so I went through, our family went through a lot of stuff when I was younger. And I found music to be one of the outlets, both playing it and then starting to sing a little bit and kind of getting used as an outlet. So um, besides the physical ability of using football to pound people, the emotional part of it was using music to kind of get my emotions out in a healthy way. So that's where it started. And then I started to get more into coaching when I was in, in uh, college and have been doing coaching now for 15 plus years, just working people one-on-one because it's, as you know, it's very rewarding to be able to help someone get past blocks or walls or whatever is going on to actually create an impact in their lives in real time. Oh, yeah. um, and so as I was doing coaching, I also started to do music because I didn't like hearing music that was, um, I felt was either about drugs or sex and not that there's anything wrong with that. But when there's no other music content out there, because again, I grew up with all these amazing bands like Boston and Creed's Clear Revival and all these people had messages and, and themes that were bigger than just sex and drugs. You know what I mean? So I wanted to start writing music that inspired people, that it lifted them up and made them awesome, but also wasn't corny, you know, hi-ho, Disney <laughs> stuff, you know? So, nothing there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> nothing there's anything wrong with that, but I just didn't want to do that. So Dude, if you break out and let it go right now, this show is uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I will not. I refuse to sing that song. I'm in a corporate band and we got asked to sing that song. I'm like, no, I'm not singing that song. Anyways. No, so, yeah, so it's music to me has is, is been a huge outlet. I actually use it with people who aren't even musicians as like a songwriting thing. Just to say, just get your feelings out there and let's make a song out of it. So it's uh, and now so I, I lead a southern rock band that you know I have music all over the place and it's awesome to be able to go rock out on stage with the band that you click with and have a blast with it's just it's just so much fun so that's it's a awesome. great outlet that's awesome you know um, how did you go from music to sales training that's like a random maneuver that well you know, <laughs> I haven't met a lot of musicians that are like you know I'm gonna be a sales guy today you know ah. <laughs> <laughs> well. Music is, um, 
So I graduated in leadership development and, and in training from my undergrad. And so my profession, there's like two different lives, three lives of myself. So there's one, the professional side, it's more, I've been doing sales. I mean, my dad owns a tire mechanic shop. So I grew up selling tires and wheels and customizing trucks and old cars, that kind of stuff. And so, and then I eventually started to manage the store and he left and I would manage the store and I trained our team. And then it kind of grew from there in my professional world. Um, I used to live in Nashville. I used to do music full time. Loved it. It was such a blast. But um, as I got older, I realized that um, I wanted to have actually some money to do something. So I (laughs) had to do something else besides music. So um, I still do music, still love it. I actually make more now doing it part time than I did back then because I'm smarter now. Right. (laughs) But but it's okay. You live and learn, right? But um, but sales training is fun. I just had some opportunities come up to do some some training programs and to build it out. Like I love creating content. I love the coaching thing, whether it's a, on an emotional health side or if it's like a sales training. Training is just fun. I just love being able to coach and, and help people. You know, that, that's awesome. So, are, are you incorporating any of this, you know, musical ability into what you do? I mean, I just, I think I'd love to go to a cold call class where all of a sudden you just broke out in song in the middle of the class. <laughs> You know, we actually did, we, we did two things. We wrote a song in one of our classes. And then the next time we, we did this challenge once, actually, where I said, I don't care what you, on a cold call, we said, just for one day, let's just try this something random. Cause you know, on cold calls with sales calls, you hear the same crap all the time. And so I said, sing it. Sing one of your favorite songs and say, hey, please call me back. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm curious, day, did it work? Oh, uh, well, it got responses, but it didn't, I, I don't know if our sales, but. People call us back and be like, that was the most funniest thing I've ever heard. Because most of the people we worked with are not singers. So right, right. It was horrific. <laughs> it was so fun. We had so much fun. So, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, wow. Um, I can go so many places with that. but <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff you can do, but yeah, yeah. you have to kind of, yeah. 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 You, know, you, you grew up you know, in, a, in a cool musical family. I mean, uh, I've got the most yeah. family in the world. And, you know, if you've ever heard Scuttle off The Little Mermaid, that's my singing ability. So <laughs> we'll just never bring that to the stage. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, um, what was it like growing up in such a cool musical background kind of influenced family? I mean, I, my old man always told us growing up that, you know, you had to be a part of something and usually yeah, it meant yeah. some sort of sports. And I was never really a big sports guy, but it, I learned the team side of things. Um, but I, I love the fact that they, you know, told you to get in music um how much do you think that's i mean obviously you're singing and stuff but how much did that impact your mental game and everything else on your journey growing up in that kind of a household um you know i think it's it's helped quite a bit because i I feel like there's very few people who can balance the left and right brain type people because there's some people who are so creative they don't know how to communicate with the left brain business sales numbers that kind of thing and so having both backgrounds of having the sales business side and then having the creative side, like I get creatives. I totally get it because I have to tap into that side of myself to write music. Right. But then on the business side, like I used to do sales training for musicians specifically saying, this is how you do business as a musician. Mm-hmm. Cause most musicians have no idea what the fuck they do about right. business. They just know music and they don't right. know anything else. And it's funny because there's a lot of times where chiropractors and dentists and all these different places that are really good at what they do, but they suck at business. Right. <laughs> so true. they're very creative. They're very good. They're very, very intuitive, but they just are not very good. And so 
it was amazing to me to see how many people needed just basic, simple help with business stuff. So in short, it's helped just because I'm able to use that myself and then be able to communicate with those on both sides. Right. So, yeah. And here's what's awesome about it. So I have a buddy named Cody Jenks. He's in, you know, video. Oh yeah. Um, we bartended together for a number of years uh, nice. at the White Elephant Saloon in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, you know, and Cody's got a really cool story. I mean, he he played big out in uh, California, had a rock band out there, then came home, played a little bit, trying to figure himself out, and then you know found a way into country music. And I still remember the first time he sat on a bar stool and sang, you know, uh, at a you know local place. But right. you know, people have watched his journey and are like, dude, he's an overnight success. And I'm like, right. fuck you, buddy. That guy has been <laughs> busting his ass in every dive bar for the last 10 to 12 years, you know, oh, yeah. uh, grinding it out. Um, what, when you're coaching these, these, these singers and, and these chiropractors and everything else, I mean, how much is it you walking them through, man, that, that every day is a learning process? And, you know, this is just the shit you've got to go through to become who you need to become. Yeah. I think now, especially because of social media, it's been such a blessing but a curse at the same time because everyone sees that overnight success thing. I don't even think right. – I mean, unless you're following someone pretty dramatically, but most people you follow, you don't follow them until they're big anyways. You know what I mean? Right. It's right. kind of like, like, like Gary Vaynerchuk. Love that guy. Um, been following him for a long time. He's getting bigger and bigger, but I, I didn't follow him back when he was doing the wine library, and he did that for a year every single day. No one gave a rat's ass about him before that you know what i mean right and now he's like this big major social media speaking everywhere with tony robbins it's awesome like i love seeing the success but he had to work his butt off for a long time before he had any success you know and so it's just trying to make sure people know that it's like it's it's a small it's the daily things that you do that create that success that eventually will create this mountain that cannot be denied you know what i mean right but it's also knowing what that success means because like to me 10 years ago, I would think, which I would still love to go tour, but I'm, it's not as important to me now as it was before I actually toured. <laughs> not, it's not that touring's bad. Touring's a blast, but I like, I like being home. I like, I like being around my family. Um, I have some great things happening here. There's some really cool stuff, and being on the road would be fun, but it would be tough at the same time at the moment. Yeah. But I'm having a lot more success with like placements with music, and that to me is success because I'm doing what I want to do with music. I'm making money. I'm doing that kind of stuff. And so – I think it's knowing what success means to you and not letting someone else success saying, if I don't make that person success, then I'm not successful. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, Cause I'm you can't, you can't compare what someone else is doing to yourself. I mean, if you want something like unto it, awesome. Then you got to follow what they're doing, but you can't let what they're happening with their lives be what, you know, be what right. changes what you think you should do with your own. You know? yeah, it's, it's interesting for me is um, I love telling people, you know, I only jumped out of my own and started my own, my own business a little over a year ago. And, yeah. you know, up until that point, I worked for a lot of other people and, you know, I made a lot of people, a lot of damn money over the years and just got tired of it. And I love telling everybody that, that I didn't understand what I was made of until mm -hmm. I started my own company, you know, because, right. you know, I spent my entire ride, you know, with an employee mindset, you know, and it's a big leap going from the employee to business owner um, right. because now it's all on you. And it's very, very interesting to put you in a different perspective as you're working with these guys, you know, how hard is it 
worked for somebody, you know, similar to me. They've, they've gone to school maybe to be a chiropractor or be a dentist or whatever mm-hmm. thing else. And yeah. now they jumped out on their own and are trying to figure out how to be a business owner. How do you teach that? Because, uh, I mean, I want to know cause I'm still learning shit. Right. <laughs> um, most people are super humble. Um, they're like you. They're hungry for success. They want to know what's going on. A lot of it's just a, I'd say half the skills and the other half is mindset. It's getting out of the place of saying, I have to wait for somebody to tell me what to do. You know, mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing with the employee is that there's some job description. There's some semblance of systems and stuff. You can't do that as a business. You have to create everything. You know? right. So it takes, a lot of, it takes a lot of, obviously, creativity. But it also takes like watching the success of others and seeing what have they done successful. Is that something I even want? And if it is, how can I implement that into my own life? I, I always believe in following seeds of success, whatever that is, wherever that is. If you can find it, follow it, and you will have the results you're looking for. You know. Yeah, so. I, I always say that's you know there's there's two ways to look at life. You're either following somebody who's already carved the trail, or you're carving your own path. Choose. Right, you're doing the other one. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting to me that that you've got such a diverse background between the music, the sales, I do. And coaching. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of shit on your plate, man. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at it being a podcaster, a speaker, and a coach. You know, those are three things, but they all kind of fit in the same genre. How are you <laughs> managing all this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll be honest with you. Music is at a point where it's kind of on a maintenance level. So like where I have a, a Sundance Film Festival is coming up in three weeks. And so we just got booked for that. Like I'm at a point with my band and my music that I don't have to do anything. I just show up and go do my thing because mm-hmm. I've done it for 15 years. I just go and enjoy it. It's fun. Right. So it doesn't take any energy off me. In fact, it produces energy. Uh, um, coaching I've done for a long time too. It's just been something where I don't um, – I don't try to stress about stuff anymore. I used to stress out about things a lot more. Like I have to do this, I have to do that. And I'm kind of like, just go and let things, not that you let things happen to you, but I have to allow and be in the flow more often than trying to force everything to work the way I think it should be. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So, and I just follow what I feel. So like, I'm actually in a point right now, I'm, I'm getting my MBA in marketing. So I want to go into entrepreneurship marketing and like the, the idea of having the skills and abilities to take any product or system or service or whatever and market it to be successful is exciting. I haven't done that in the past, but it's what I'm learning. So I, I feel like it's a, it's somewhere that I'm leading into. So I try to follow what I'm feeling. It's not what I've done in the past, but it's something that I'm excited about for the future. I wanted to jump in here and take a second to let our sponsors tell you a little bit about what they do. Guys, do me a favor and check them out. They're really helping this show become what it's becoming. Support for this podcast comes from Point Blank Safety Services and Blue Family Fund. Point Blank Safety Services does safety differently. We know everyone is on a journey, and we want to make sure you get where you're going safely. Professional, trained, ready. There's really no comparison. Here's why hiring Point Blank Safety for your next project will make all the difference and save you huge amounts of stress and hassle. Point Blank Safety Services provides certified, uniformed police officers for a full suite of armed guard services. Don't leave the safety of your project to chance. If you're ready to make sure safety truly comes first for your next project, then visit us at pointblanksafety.com. Blue Family Fund helping dependents of law enforcement families on their journeys. 
Blue Family Fund is a nonprofit that raises funds and offers financial support through higher education scholarships for dependents of law enforcement officers and by providing financial assistance for families of fallen law enforcement officers. Every dollar donated will go to the families of police officers, either through scholarships to dependents of police officers or as aid to fallen officers' families. Visit us at bluefamilyfund.com. And now back to the show. So. That well, it does, so. but it's it's also really interesting with me because you know I'm a firm believer the school of hard knocks is the best teacher in the damn world, yeah. and and it's interesting. What made you decide to go through the MBA versus just going to get your teeth kicked in uh, and figuring <laughs> it out and then teaching it? <laughs> um, well, it's like a coach. I mean, I could someone could have that same argument about working with the life coach. Like, well, how come I just don't learn it to myself? And like, if you want to spend two years doing that, cool. But if you want to spend three months doing it with me, it's up to you. What do you want to do? You know? Right. So right. for me, I mean, half the reason, I'll be honest with you, half the reason why I'm doing this is for the networking mm-hmm. ability that I have at the school. I would not have anywhere else. Like, I could have done my online MBA if I wanted to. But I was like, I want to meet people. I want to be in the mix of it, which is half the reason why I do an MBA anyways. The other half is the I would argue program. that it's 90% of the reason, but go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, at least that. So, I mean, that's the biggest reason. And then secondly, just the content alone. Um, it's funny sitting through it because I've been through a lot of programs through other people, like other life coaches and author trainings and all this stuff. It's so interesting to see how similar but yet different it is. And thinking to myself, I wonder how I could take some of this MBA stuff and make it in its own form. You know, so it's given me a lot of ideas because – Formal schooling is restricted by a lot of things, but they also have access to things that other trainings don't, right? True. But um, the other side of it is that this, the access they have to the programs they have, there's this huge entrepreneurship um, launching pad they have, which is awesome. Uh, there's just a lot of resources here in this particular program that I like a lot, so I never would have done it, you know? That's so awesome. That's awesome. For me, it's just, it's exciting. And if it feels good for me, then I follow it. If it doesn't feel good, I'm out. Right. So. Uh, I'm hundred percent the same way. And I'm usually a pretty gut decision. Uh, and I learned that really, really quick is David, yeah. sucks. I'm gone quickly, but you know, so let's get a little tactical just because we both have a similar background. Talk to me about s- sales training and, and you know, what are some of the things a small business owner, could you drop, you know, chiropractor, dentist, all these, these smaller business guys, what are some of the things that they can do to get out of being the tactician and, you know, e-myth style and working all the mechanics to get their ass out and start selling? Is that what you, can I ask you first, is that what you coach on in your, in your practice? Is that you know, um, uh, for me, I'm more of the mindset guy, but uh, I do know that people, you know, want the tactics before the mindset, even though it works the other way around. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what's funny is that people don't get that the mindset is the most important thing and then everything else follows, you know? Yeah, so. absolutely. You know, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm of the school of go get punched in the face and screw it up, <laughs> right? And, and then come back right. and then let's tweak it. Because right. I'm more, I would rather have the guy that wants to go get beat up on a sales call mm-hmm. versus the guy who wants to think about going to get beat up. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, walk me through what's your philosophy on the, on the sales side of things? Because I, I, hell, I love learning new things. Um, well, I agree with you. I hate role plays. I hate them with a passion. I will not do them. I despise them totally. I'd rather have someone get on a call and fail, 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 blow up every conversation for a whole day long and then talk about it. 
right? Right. Um, I want real-time experience because re- to me, role plays is just pretending and it's just not real. You can't do anything with a role play, right? True. So I, I'm with you. I like the same mindset. Um, I, I think you do learn a lot from actually doing it yourself. But at the same time, being a trainer, I know from creating systems and doing that kind of stuff, there's a lot of things I have created and implemented inside where I work with people now and then other places that it would have taken the company and or the team, again, a year or two to figure all this stuff out. But I can come in and say, okay, fail, but now let's try the system. And this is why you see it works because of this, 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 this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like as an example, um, it's having like, for me in sales especially, it's finding um, – whether it's a product or service, it's finding the reasons why someone would not work with you, right? And then using those reasons why they wouldn't work with you is a reason why to work with you. <laughs> so as, <laughs> as an example, it's just like saying like when I was at Franklin Covey, we'd work with uh, C-suite Fortune 500 companies on consulting as an example. And most of these guys knew somewhat who we were, but they didn't know all the details and they weren't really motivated on working with us. So we had to create that need. So it's more about the very first thing we do is just go into there. And once we establish the relationship with them and we did that by letting them come to an event for free to experience the content. And then we'd go in and say, okay, what are you experiencing in your culture, in your leadership? Like what's happening and focus it totally on them and more of a diagnostic uh, conversation. Right. 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 Um, to where you find out what's going on, what's going right, what's going wrong and then finding out what would be uh, most effective for them to implement something new and then use that as the reason why they'd work with you. Well, that's a classic way. The other, other sales side is like more, um, like I've worked with retail stores where it's not that high level. It's just like trying to sell 500 to $1,000 with products on a one-time sale and it's done. You know? right. Those are a little bit differently. Those, but to me, the principles are still the same. It's, it's coming in, like as an example, tires. My dad owns a tire mechanic shop, right? Tires is depending on the person, because I love talking tires and wheels, but most people out there don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, just put some tires yep. on there and let's I was go. Like, you like not, tires. I was like, wah, wah. <laughs> I know. Everyone's like, check out. They just don't. I love it. Like, I love putting on tires. I love making a car look kick-ass because the tires were – anyways, I'm not going to talk about that because I can talk about that forever. <laughs> Point is, is that people mostly don't care about their tires and wheels. They don't care. They just want it to work, Right. So in such a low-level entry, like people are not very passionate about tires like 90% of the time, I had to find out, okay, what are they looking for? What are the biggest reasons why they're coming into my store to work with them? Because my dad's store was independent. We weren't part of a chain. We had to compete with like Walmart and like Sears at the time and uh, Sam's Club and all these bit major places. We couldn't compete with their, um, with their inventory, their prices, all that kind of stuff. So we had to compete with service and what we could give people, right? So as soon as someone walked in, I, I had to walk myself through the process of saying, what is this person looking for? Like, is it just price? Yes, but no. Like, they want to be treated good. They don't want to work with some moron kid in Walmart who has no idea what the heck they're talking about. Right. They want to know that someone's going to be good with their vehicle, going to be safe, it's going to be reliable, price-wise is good. And so once you know those things, you can start asking questions in a way saying, you know, would you rather have this being price? Or would you rather have this being quality? Would you rather have this with service? Would you have this? And so you make these comparisons, this disparity. And as you work with people, you can use that disparity to your advantage to say, this is why it's good for you because this, 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 you know, 
You know, um, here's, here's what I love about because I agree 100% with everything you're saying, um, which is rare. I usually end up picking a fight with other sales trainers. <laughs> <laughs> I <know>? love it. <laughs> so, so this is fun. But, um, you know, here's what I love about you, and, th- and this is 100% truthful, is you're teaching what you went through. Because yeah. I often find with coaches and trainers and consultants is they're teaching philosophy. You know, they yeah. went through through Franklin Covey. They went through some program and that's what they're teaching, but they never actually lived and developed their own stuff. So it's all right. theory and practice. So I love the fact that, you know, because I guarantee growing up at some point as a kid, it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows in the tire sales business, you know? <laughs> no, no, we experienced, we experienced many what my dad calls robots. So yeah, it's not all fun. <laughs> I mean, uh, and it, I'm just curious, you know, in high school, old man's yeah. got a tire shop, you know, <laughs> right. How'd that play out? I mean, was, was there cool points? Did you grow up? Was it a small enough town that, that, that it was, it was cool or was it, Shit, I gotta go work for dad today. Uh, I mean, there, there were times. I mean, because my dad, you know, growing up, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of, I was, I, I, I yeah, I, I was very short sighted. So when I was growing up, I remember thinking to myself, my dad can do better than this. Not that there's, again, anything wrong with running your business and doing whatever, but I felt stuck there. I was just like, I don't wanna be here the rest of my, my life, you know? In fact, let me, let me tell you a story real fast because this actually goes back to this very same point. So I remember when I was a kid, I started busting tires and sweeping the floors and that kind of stuff when I was 10, right? So my dad's a big believer and if you want to make money, you have to earn it. Right. And so I love that because it taught me work ethic, even though it pissed me off at the time because my friends got allowances and I had to work five hours a day for it. Um, but it taught me how to work because now I can work anybody's ass off because it's just programmed, right? Um, anyway, so the point is I remember being a kid when I was 10 – I was out in the tire bay looking in the office and I saw my dad and I was thinking to myself, someday I'm going to walk in there and tell my dad to leave and he won't have to worry about the store because I'm going to run it. Right. Right. Um, and I remember, and it was just a fleeting moment. I, I never thought about it again for years. And then um, after, well, actually right in the middle of college, I was going to school full time and working full time and I was stressed out and I was thinking about the store and I was just in my mind, you know, I had these complaining days like this is stupid and I kept being this bad attitude. And so, I go into my dad's shop. This was back in 2004, five, something like that. Um, and he, uh, um, I was at a point where I was running the store. I was doing all the, all the finances and trainings and all the sales and customer service calls and blah, 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 blah. And so um, I walked in one morning and I was having this bad attitude. And I told my dad, I'm get out of here. I'll take care of it today. Don't worry about it. Said, okay. So he left. And then as I was complaining about that, this flashback came to mind of just saying, remember how you asked to do this one time? This, <laughs> right. this was your little kid's dream was to come in here and tell your dad to go relax and play golf so that you can take care of the business. You know what I mean? And I was right. like, Oh my gosh. And ever since then it totally changed my mind and my mindsets because I became super grateful that I had the skills and abilities to do that for my dad because my little 10 year old self kicked my own, 25-year-old self's ass right. saying, bro, you wanted this. Like, quit your complaining, suck it up, and just do it. So, and even now, like, I still, I do my dad's social media marketing, and I kind of bring stuff in, and it's, it's nice to know I can affect him because it's my dad. I love him. You know, I want right. him to be happy. I want him to be successful. So, it's, it's definitely not what I wanted to do, and I, and I know now being, having a family, why he chose to do it, because he could have done a lot of things. He wanted to be a philosophy professor at a university. That's what he wanted to do, you know? But he stayed there because 
it paid the bills. It took care of five crazy kids and his wife. And, and he wanted to make sure we were okay. His number one priority was us making sure we're all right. And our family's functional and he was present and he was there where if he went down the path he wanted to, it would have been a struggle in a lot of ways, even though he was living his dream of being a philosophy professor, it would have been a long path and one that would not have made sense at the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, so, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool because, you know, I think, I don't want to put a blanket statement on it, but a lot of us as we're growing up, you know, we're looking at dad, we're looking at mom, we're looking at what their lifestyle is. And part of it is, fuck, I don't want to be that person, you know, yeah. when I'm growing up. And then, you know, the same as what you're talking about. As you look back on it and you're like, damn, I learned so much through that time that I didn't even realize that I was learning, you know, going yeah. through that. And uh, your old man and mine are a lot alike. You know, my old man didn't own a business. You know, it was, you know, take care of the family first you know, yeah. worry about chasing your dreams some other time, um, right. you know, which is a, a very, very interesting, interesting, you know, way to look at it. Um, so now you have a family of yourself, your, your own. And uh, no, no kids yet, but yes, I am married. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now you've got the experience like I do of being an entrepreneur and yeah. married um uh which is proving to be a very dynamic conversation in my household <laughs> right right <laughs> you know how often are you getting the honey can you please put the phone down for 5 seconds and have a conversation <laughs> right right <laughs> you know but but um how, how are you balancing you know i looked at some of your social profiles and some of the things and you're doing some pretty badass legitimate things that that are, are fun to watch you know, how are you balancing that family life and, and, you know, everything you've done and accomplished? Um, fortunately for me, my, my wife is a very, very hard worker as well. And so she needs time to herself to do things. And so we have a relationship where we're very respectful of each other's, I don't want to say alone time, but time we need to get stuff done. Right. Cause she teaches, um, she teaches at a middle school French and she also teaches online so she's working a lot and she enjoys it she does it because she likes it not because she has to which is fine because i'm i keep telling her, like you can relax you know you don't have to do this. right <laughs> anyway so we we just have a good understanding saying that you know from this point at night i get home around four ish and she gets home about the same time and from four till six or seven when we eat the two or three hours is just for us so i get to work on website stuff or marketing or my mba whatever i need to do for those two or three hours and i just focus and she does the same. We eat around seven or, or you know eight, and then last two hours of the night is just for us. So we don't, we unplug. We don't talk to anybody. It's just for us to connect. Nice. And that's been very helpful because before when we first started getting married, or when we first were married, I mean, I, there'd go weeks where I'd be like, I don't think I've even hugged you for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, are we married? Or what's going on? It's so weird. But it's, yeah. it's not because you just get busy and things happen and you have projects and entrepreneurs, as you know, are 24 seven. It's not yep. young plug after five o'clock, but I've had to force myself to say, I'm only working at this time. And then I have to unplug. And I found funny enough, I read this book once that talked about, I can't remember what it was, I think it's called uh, full engagement, something like that. Anyways, it talked about the power of resting and it compared like physical working out and how important it is to rest in that and also your minds and your, and your job, how important it is to rest. And so I used to be, again, the workaholic in me, like my dad, work every day, 12 to 15 hours a day, all the time, blow up. And as I've learned how to work my ass off for the 10 hours or 12 hours I'm working 
me today from, you know, from work and whatever else. And then saying, okay, now I'm going to let go and just release. I'm more productive because I'm not as stressed out and burned out. Makes sense. I can prolong yeah. my activity. No, so, and I love. I love it because, you know, we have a rule in my household that it's the eight o'clock whistle and you know, yeah. every night when eight o'clock hits work's done, you know, yep. unless you got to put out an absolute fire, you know, everything else turns off and you know, that's proved to be very healthy in our relationship. Now right. my wife always jokes with me cause I'm notorious for going and starting her bath just so I can go work an extra hour. But <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> you know, but, but, uh, it's, it's been fun. Man, where do you think this journey and ride's taken you? I mean, you've done some cool things. You've had some cool exposures. You're running a successful business. You got an okay band, you know. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> um, where's this all taking you, man? That's a pretty good question. I'll be honest with you. I'm in a weird place where I feel like I'm shifting in a lot of ways, um, in, in good ways. Like, because like ten years ago, I was more concerned about getting a record deal and going on tour and playing music. And now again, not that it doesn't matter. And if Van Halen asked me to go tour and open for him, I totally would. <laughs> but because I'm not going to Halen, if you're now. listening. No. <laughs> yeah. So Eddie, if you don't mind. Um, anyway, so, um, but at the same time, it's like professionally speaking anyways. Um, well, there's a lot of them. So I'll talk about personal and professional. So professional, I'm getting to the point where I've done the coaching thing. I've worked with like, you know, 300 people in a couple of months on one-on-one -on -one sessions to groups, that kind of stuff. And it's fun. And it's awesome. But I'm getting to the point now where I'm thinking bigger because I'm in Utah. And in Utah, um, there's tech companies after tech companies after tech companies that are just launching within 10 years or selling for billions of dollars and millions of dollars. Like Qualtrics down the road uh, for me is about 30 minutes. They've been up and running since 2004. And they just sold for $3.2 billion, right? So this insane amount, and it's like this simple system. I keep thinking to myself, man, I need to think bigger. I need to think bigger than what I'm thinking. And not that it means I'm going to copy their model, but I want to launch a company that does not require my time one-on-one -on -one to work with people. Not that I don't like that, but I don't want to have my time strapped to my income to leverage what I have. And then two is to create something bigger than myself because in the past, when I was younger, I'd have like, my band was called Johnny Kane the Crew. So I had to be there because my presence was there. Now it's just called the crew. Just because I want it to be about the band. I don't want it to be about me, right? Same thing with the business. I don't want it to be about, even when I coach, I've been thinking about creating more of a, um, have you ever heard of the Arbinger Institute? Does that sound familiar? No, no. So it's, it's kind of like Franklin Covey a little bit, but they have like a group of people, but when they market books, they market the group, not an individual. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. So I've always wanted to start something like that to where I created a brand that was about a group of authors or independent people like yourself. And so the group has the power instead of one person like myself. And again, nothing against Tony Robbins or Gary, but it's very personality driven and it has an expiration date when yes. they're no longer with us. Well, right? I mean, look at Zig Ziglar. So, Right. Well, I mean, the Ziegler Corporation is still around, but it is nothing like it was when Zig was in his prime. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not Ziggler. It's not Zig, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I don't want to. I don't want to create that. I want to create something lasting, and impactful. Hopefully, it will last beyond me, whether it's my kids or somebody else. You know. Hmm. So I'm in more in like vision mode and trying to build that. And, and personally speaking, my whole goal is just to be enjoying what I'm doing because in the past. I would do things that I hated 
for the money. And now I'm like, if I'm not enjoying this, I don't care how much it pays me. I do not care. It has to have both the money and enjoyment. Also, I'm not doing it. Yeah, that's, so. that's huge. I mean, I think a lot of people go down that path on their, I don't say they do necessarily things they hate, but they take jobs that, that they, they only take because they're, you know, right in front of them. You know, right. there, there's no thought process to what can skill can this teach me? You know, what can I learn here? It's no, this is a paycheck. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's been a, a huge thing I'm harping on trying to talk to these younger kids coming up. I'm like, dude, don't go get a job to get a job. Go get a job to freaking learn something, you know, learn a skill set. Yeah. That yeah. you haven't, you know, learned in the past. Um, so where do people find your music? Where do they find you? You know, um, if they want to make fun of you as much as I have, you know, how do they get in touch? <laughs> want to make fun of my safety kids background? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, you just well, said that again out loud. Um, I you know, know. <laughs> only 100,000 people here. No big deal. <laughs> uh, it's fine. No judgment. Just so you know, I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> oh, I my gosh, Nirvana, that's not ABBA. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, is it bad? That I like Abba. Is that bad? I can, no. I can confess, that, confess that. I mean, next you're gonna go Celine Dion, and you're just gonna go full. Circle. No, 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 no. It's going too far. No, no, no. I'll go with Pat Benatar. I'm not going Celine. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So my, um, you can go to for coaching stuff like with uh, personal development or whatever is going to unleashg.com. That's where my podcast is too. Which, by the way, you and I need to interview you for mine. Just oh, that'd so be now. awesome. Love to do it. Um, that's. Unleash G, just the letter G. And then my music is on Crew Tunes, K-R-E-W-T-U-N-E-S, crewtunes.com. They can get a bunch of free music if they want or just write out to me or just make fun of me on there with you or something. I don't care, whatever. What's the G stand for in Unleash G? Unleash Greatness. Oh, I love that because mine's not so clean because I'm always talking about unleashing your inner badass. So uh, <laughs> that's kind of funny. <laughs> I like the badass. I like to unleash the badass. I just like – I, I – uh, Someone said unleash like a year or two ago, and I was like, oh, I love that word unleash. It's just so cool. And then all of a sudden, everyone starts using it. I'm like, oh, crap. Now I'm yeah. part of the part of the, everyone else doing it, but that's okay. I like, I love it. Yeah. Cool. My coach is the one that got me to use the word unleash because um, I've had so many coaches in my ride because I'm just a firm right. believer. If you're going to be a coach, you better have a freaking coach or you just don't believe in coaching, you know? Um, <laughs> and we were going through as I was launching my business, and he's like, Dude, what do you want to talk about? I said, dude, I just want to be me. Me is, you know, I'm a Marine. I'm a little foul mouth. I'm a rough around the edges. I just want to be me. He's like, so don't you tell everybody to be a badass? I'm like, you just can't tell people to be a badass. He goes, well, a gal named Jen Sucero wrote a book that's called You Are a Badass, and she's doing okay, you know. Uh, I'm like, there's got to be something more to it. He's like, well, what do you want people to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just want them to freaking go for it. Get out of their own damn way and go. And he's like, well, tell them to unleash. I'm like, unleash what? He's like, unleash their inner badass. I'm like, okay there it is you know i love that yeah so it's fun that's awesome so it's fun i know you're a marine that's way cool yeah 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 90 but you know usually you figure out somebody's a marine because i tell you in the first five minutes so you know right that's true you most people do which hey much much respect to you bro i have i have several family members not good coach cousin of mine is a marine so no that's awesome respect that's awesome. So, well, brother, I got to tell you, man, this has been a lot of fun. It's been fun getting to know you, having you on the show and, and sharing your story with everybody. I've really enjoyed this. Um, no, you too, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So here's how I like to wrap up every show. And just so you know, I stump some people with this. So get ready. I'm ready. Uh, Give it to me. If you were going <laughs> um, to leave the champions that listen to this show, 
Um, the people, they're small business owners, entrepreneurs. I get a ton of veterans, people in 78 countries right now that awesome. are listening to this show. Um, if you were to leave them with a phrase, a quote, a mantra, a saying, something they can take with them on their journey, especially if they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quake, quaze, that phrase, quote, or mantra that you would say, remember this? Oh, um, probably one of my favorite quotes. Let's see if I can remember how to say it right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure I can say it right. I think it's Bernard Shaw, St. Bernard Shaw. Um, and he says, some people see the things the way they are and ask why, but I see the things that that can be and ask why not. Oh. So um, I, I've loved that quote ever since because I love thinking out of the box, thinking that you can do something different, never letting anyone's um, belief systems that are holding them back hold you back. Like blow yourself up, do something that stretches you, go beyond it and ask why not? Why can I not do this? Why can I not be the guy who has a company that sells for $3.1 billion? Why not? Why can't I do that? There's no reason. Right. So. Right. Be be willing to believe in the why not. Why can't why not? Dude, that's awesome. Man, Jonathan, I really tell you, man, seriously fun having you on the show, man. Thanks you for you too, me. bro. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If you need content for your company and you're struggling to figure out what should I put out there, how should I put it out there? Or, you know, what can I do to make my company get more exposure on social media? Go check out successchampions.us. You know, because of the podcast boom, several people are really looking in to launch their own podcasts, their own shows, so they can get their own message out there. Well, why don't you come hang out with us? We've got a, a Facebook group called So You Want a Podcast. And, you know, just go to Facebook, type in so a comma you want to podcast and come hang out with a bunch of us as, as I teach everything that I've learned on my journey to running a successful, profitable show. So check us out. So you want a podcast. Looking forward to seeing you there. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.